This is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield from The Lynn Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield. Ah! I'm starting with a scream, right? The stock market is crashing. <laughs> Russia is invading. Inflation oh, is out of control. The S has hit the fan. It is all over. No. So I am telling everybody to buy shotguns, get food storage, no. get under your no. table. It is on. No. It's on. Happy Monday. That's true. Happy Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being a little obnoxious here, but it's true. Like there's, there's, you know, there's so much to talk about. How do you, how in 20 minutes do Tana and I explore <laughs> all the woes of the world, the things that people love to watch too much on the news and become sensory overloaded, the stock market. It's kind of how it's going lately. Yeah. It's, well, anyways, Hey, I'm Mike Mansfield. This is Tana Pennington. <laughs> You're listening to The Wealth Puzzle. You're watching it on YouTube or Rumble. You're listening to it on your podcast. Tell your friends. Share it with people. You know, that way I can get more hate emails about what a jerk I am and how insensitive I am to, you know, no. uh, whatever the thing of the day is. Look, one of the things you'll find about me and Tana is we might be opinionated, but at least we provide data in our opinion. True. Not everybody can do that, right? Everyone's got an opinion, but not everybody has data. You know, and sometimes bad news, a headline of something is not data. Um, hey, so much to talk about. Tana, how are you doing? I'm good. Yes. We had a little little stint last week with COVID in the family, I think. You can't say that. I you're like you're like the black sheep now. You I know. You're you're part of the leper society. We have to live in a cave. Everybody I know, I think, is experiencing like it. Everybody, every yeah, client serious. I talk to, yeah, everybody now. The 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 yeah. the Omicron fire has reached everywhere. But symptoms are it. mild. It feels just different this well, time. Well, that can't be true. How dare you provide COVID misinformation on this show, Tana? I'm just. It's my personal. If you experience. get COVID, you die instantly. <laughs> no. That's that's what I was told. No, no, no. Okay. So you survived. Yes. Okay. And All the good is good. News is, is Tana is young. She's a child in this world. So, you know, the odds were in her favor. It's kind of like Hunger Games. <laughs> May the odds ever be in your favor if you get COVID. Um, but the, the interesting thing, though, is Tana and I deal with a lot of retired people, right? Most of our clients are over 60. A lot of our clients are over 70. And Tana and I, in the last few weeks, have been answering a lot of phone calls about other things. And interestingly enough, a whole lot of our clients are mentioning the word COVID. Mm -hmm. It's been in their house. It's been in them. And, you know, as a blessing, fortunately, pretty much everybody has been okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, even Kaiser put out a study on Omicron since November for, I think, just Southern California, where they treated 75,000 people with Omicron. I don't know if I'm saying that right. It's always confusing. (laughs) And not a single person in the Kaiser medical system with Omicron went on a ventilator. That's fantastic. Fantastic news. So, Mm -hmm. you know, look, it doesn't mean that, you know, 
you, you should be vigilant. You should take care of yourself. Be responsible. Right. Um, you know, don't walk down the street and lick strangers' faces. That's, that's <laughs> like not not the time for that. I've never done that. <laughs> Tana, come on. Like Everybody never. knows the stories. <laughs> she had a colorful oh, past. She's a Buena High cheerleader. I think, I think we all know. Oh, that is so awesome. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Notice there's no denying this, everybody. All right. Just, just pick up on. <laughs> I was gonna zip anyways, my lip. Anyways, moving on, moving on. So hey, a lot, a lot of chaos, a lot of anxiety here. Let me pop it up on the screen since everyone's freaking out about it. So here's a pretty picture of the old stock market. This one's the Dow. This is a one-year chart. Let me see if I can annotate on here for a second. And how do you annotate? Pick a line. Let's pick. I think we're on blue. So you see on the far right here, the end is near, right? The market is imploding. Well, that's weird. Just a couple months ago, market imploded. A few months after that, market imploded. A little market implosion, a little market implosion. Here's a little one again. Guess what? There's a theme here, right? Market goes up and goes down. People forget about that. This is actually a measurable one. So as of this morning, um, finally, we have a correction. A, t a correction in the stock market is generally something that's 10% or larger. The NASDAQ already corrected last mm. week. The Dow and the S&P are finally doing it this morning. That's good news. I'm sorry. Nobody wants to hear it, right? Oh, it's so terrible. <laughs> but it's, it's really good news because um, when you look at the history of the stock market, Oppenheimer, of all people, they like to track all of this historical data. So they put this stuff out once in a while. And last time I read about it, Oppenheimer said that since the beginning of the the, the indexes, uh, there was an average 10% correction on average every 110 trading days. Hmm. That's a lot. That's, that's basically twice a year historically. Mm -hmm. The problem is we haven't had a correction since March of 2020. Now that was a big correction, right? The, the worst of all times. But the reality is this is the first like meaningful correction we had. Think of it like earthquakes. We live in Southern California. Would you like a nice little rumbler every once in a while? Or do you want the Northridge kick your butt, you know, push you off your chair earthquake, right? You know, little ones. Another analogy, Tana, a heartbeat. How how is your how are you doing, Tana? If your heart is going in a straight line, is that, is that a good sign? It's not good. Not what that can't be true. It's I want the good. stock market to go in a straight line, right? <laughs> stock market's kind of like a heartbeat; it goes up and goes down. And finally, and I, I view this as a huge positive, right? Some of the things were getting a little ahead of themselves, right? Stock market's up twenty percent plus last year. Uh, the year prior is up fifteen percent. The year prior is up thirty percent. Mm -hmm. You can't just say woohoo. Straight line, right? If you're on the table with a straight line in your heartbeat, something's wrong. I don't know. Anyways, that's my opinion. Um, <laughs> so stock market's falling. It's in a free for all. It's super scary. You know what the thing is, though, that we watch? We watch the VIX, the volatility index. That's called the fear gauge. <gasps> fear gauge. <laughs> kind of funny though like like when you look at the fear gauge right it, it basically is this thing that kind of hangs out the bottom here i need to get back to drawing pictures hang on drawing pictures is fun just every once in a while it shoots up right every once in a while it shoots up it just kind of shoots up on occasion right you know kind of a thing and we finally this morning had a nice shoot up so even as of last week where the the market you know was rumbling and everyone's getting mm -hmm. all upset it wasn't until this morning that we had a, a very solid spike in the fear gauge. 
you know, up to almost 40. And that, you know, is a meaningful one. So I, you know, at least at the moment, I'm I'm hoping that we're kind of getting to the bottom because normally when the fear gauge kicks in, that's the the point where you say, okay, you know, we're kind of past the drama. Mm-hmm. Should, we, should we look back in time and see what the um the COVID fear gauge did? Oh, wow. So this one's this one's meaningful right here. Let me go back to drawing. I don't know if anyone can see this on the videos because they're small pictures, but if anybody would like us to send a copy afterwards, please email us. So back in March of 2020, the government shut down, right? We had the fear gauge hit 85. I've never seen it hit that. That's pretty incredible, right? In a normal bad fear gauge market volatility, you, you, you tease up to 40. Mm. You know? That's kind of the, the magic number. But the, obviously, the, the fear gauge index going up to 85 was also correlated with the stock market going down almost 40% in a month, which was pretty hideous, right? Mm-hmm. And so it freaks out. And so we're finally having this big spike, you know, in the fear gauge getting up to almost 40. And, you know, so you start to say, okay, I can live with that. I, I this, you know, barring something falling apart, we're okay. But, but you know what the funny thing is when the stock market's crazy, there's emotions and there's numbers. Mm-hmm. Tan, if you had to guess, do you think the market is being driven more by emotions or by numbers right now? I would say emotions or emotional numbers yeah (laughs) yeah right see i'm on your board i'm on your camp i think that there's a little more emotion driving this right everyone's freaked out about russia yeah ukraine and then guess what nothing will change because it didn't change last time but this time's different why you know because they pick up 100 miles of dirt you know, it's not going to change economics. It might change the social, but but look at the chaos that we had last summer in Afghanistan, right? Mm-hmm. There was yeah. a lot of chaos there. And what did that do to the stock market? Boop, boop. Can anyone see my hand? It did nothing. Because yeah. geopolitical chaos doesn't always impact the U.S. stock market. God, my, my, I'm sitting on my, my <laughs> headphones just, just pulling off. I, I finally feel what a, like what a dog must feel like. Really nice <laughs> on a leash dragging dogs around so mean after experiencing that right now yeah um geez i'm glad my headphones don't have a choke collar on them too they get me good but um you know it's pretty crazy that uh all this stuff is going on right now now from a number standpoint everyone's freaked out about the federal reserve we're going to get some information in a couple days from them on what they're thinking and what they're fretting about but the reality is Feds can't raise rates as much as everybody thinks they will or, or thinks they can. And that's because it has very little to do with inflation, right? At this point, if inflation is 7%, like the government says, even though they're lying and it's probably 12%, um, but Tana would be like, what are you talking? It's not 12%, Mike. It's probably 30%. My, my gas went from $1.50 to $1.80. You know, it's a huge it's increase. True. Um, I know I was just talking to someone who was in North Carolina and they said it was two something still. And you're just like, yeah, okay. I'm paying for the weather. So there, <laughs> the, um, I didn't even know what I was talking about. Oh, we're talking about the feds, but the, the problem with the feds is the feds would need to make like big rate increases to really try to combat inflation at the level that it is right now. There's just one little funny problem about that. And that is Mr. Fancy Pants government raised our debt exponentially over the last couple of years, right? We went from 22 to almost $30 trillion. Whoops. 
was a party foul. I'm going to take this off the screen for a second so they can see my beautiful face while we <laughs> talk about this stuff. I'm trying to see what view. Is that the better view? I don't know. It's perfect. Maybe, maybe you don't want the too close. It's like those, it's like those I know, ma- right? magnifying mirrors at the, at the, at the hotel. It's like getting Might stuck in a black so hole. Cause you're like, what the, I didn't realize I was so hideous looking. <laughs> <laughs> the um, but the problem that the feds have is there's a significant portion of our national debt that's maturing in 12 months and needs to be refinanced. And a lot of that debt is like at like a quarter interest rate. So if the feds raise rates a lot and they have to refinance the debt at a much higher rate, Ouch. Ugh, then we don't have a country anymore. So that's a problem. So I'm suspicious that the feds probably won't raise rates as aggressive or as much as people might think they would. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has little to do with inflation because the reality is you do a quarter point increase. It's not going to impact inflation. Inflation's out of control. The supply chain could help inflation, but the reality is there's such a money glut in the system that we got to pass that money. So what do you think, Tana? We need some, we need some Metamucil for the money supply. <laughs> gotta, gotta get it out of Right. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's the, the that brand's expensive. I'm kind of the like Costco brand, you know. I did I did limp down oh, that to the, the so Walmart awesome. brand during the the COVID issues when the Costco brand was out. But for some reason, it, it, same ingredients, but it gave me a stomachache. So I'm, I'm back to the Costco brand. Sugar free though. Oh dear. Because uh, you know, aspartame isn't going to kill me. So. It does cause this, tummy aches. This so. is just a day of disclosure. Look at that. Look at how many things we've I know that was today. that was a lot of information right there. Is that deep? <laughs> so in any case, stock Messy. market's rumbling and grumbling. A lot of it's about the headlines. What's the Fed gonna do? What's Russia gonna do? All of these things. But the reality is, is you know, this is this is routine. This is normal people. Don't forget that the stock market crashes all the time. It obviously crashed major in 2020. And guess what? Then it was over. And then it crashed 20% in the end of 2018. And then it was over. Um, I mean, even, even earnings right now are coming in good. Last time I read about earnings, and we have 108 companies reporting this week. Mm. But even in earnings, 77% of companies were beating earnings when statistically like 60% of them are expected to. So the numbers behind the scenes are good. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want. We want you know strong consumer, people spending money, keeping those companies driving. Um, all right, all right. I track now. Tana moved out of California for a lot of reasons. The main reason was because she hates renewable energy. <laughs> That's so, not the reason. Offensive. I'm offended. The um, <laughs> let me pop this up on the TV. Um, uh, California pro renewable energy state, right? So last week, or excuse me, the week before, Tana got out of doing the show last week because she's like, I don't feel good. The um, <laughs> it's true. I didn't. I, I know Tana, but you know what? The show must go on. You ever heard that saying? <laughs> uh, like, yes. Like, look, we're performers here. People, there's at least three people in this country that rely on this every week as a way yeah, to right? get through the week. It's so important. So there's you, me, and <laughs> maybe Connor or someone. Three people. My husband. Oh, your husband. There you go. He watches there them. I need when he's to talk about him more than I need that. We need. We need to get like photos of him, like wherever yes. he's at in the world. We could do Good like idea. A, kind of like Carmen San Diego. Like where in the world <laughs> is Chris? Chris Pennington. You know. <laughs> it's a good idea. The um, um. So, anyways, California, pro renewable state, right? You know, really, really pushing hard with the renewable energy, solar, windmill. <sighs> Good golly, do have a lot to say about that stuff. But 
that's neither here nor there. <laughs> What's interesting is being probably living in the most pro-renewable state, California is also the most pro state of taxes. Woohoo! And so like we did a show a couple of weeks ago that says, turns out California hates you or something like that. Um, <laughs> turns out they hate you more. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, this is hilarious to me because what's on the screen here is a website that Elon Musk put together at Tesla. So Tesla makes solar panels, right? They like to sell solar panels. And here comes California trying to, you know, I, I don't know. If they, I can't think of a good analogy that's that's appropriate for the public. I'll just nothing. OK, there's nothing there. So what's California trying to do? California Utilities is proposing a new tax. What? That's shocking. California, new taxes. This is cuckoo magoo town. So let's look at this tax. So here's the grid access tax that California is proposing. So if you have solar panels on your house, right, and people do solar panels for a couple of reasons. One is to save the earth. Good luck. And then uh, number two is to cut down on costs, right? You know, energy prices are going up. We want to be more affordable kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. California has proposed a fee, an $8 per kilowatt per month fee on whatever your house is using. They think Ouch. this could be, plus there's other fees, but this fee specifically could range from $50 to $80 a month for anybody who has solar panels on their house. That's a lot of money. Um. Yeah, especially when people put solar panels on their house to save 80 bucks a month. Right? What happened? What just happened? California happened. Oh, dear. All, ooh, ooh. <laughs> we got you. Right, we got you. We got you good. Got you all to put the panels on the house now that they're there. <laughs> and you don't know how to take them off. Now we got you. This is like, you know what this is like? This is like oh, buying a printer at Office Depot. Okay. You know, they get you for the printer. You know, the printer's like, they're still expensive, but they're oddly affordable, right? You know, they're a couple hundred bucks or a few hundred bucks, <laughs> and we're, depending on the level of printer that you want, you know, and you're like, okay, I got my printer. I can do this. I can print in color. I can make all this pretty stuff. And then you go a month or two and you work through the, the introductory toners they put in. Like, why, why can't they just give you a real toner up front? Like, right. you know, talk about like waste, you know, because nobody recycles those things. They throw uh, them in the trash. Give me so a full true. toner. So then you go to buy your new toner. So like our office is an example. We got these nice printers because guess what? We do a lot of stuff. We scan things and all this kind of stuff. So I got these printers. These printers probably cost me the better part of 400 bucks. Ouch, right? The toners, when you order a full set of toners, even if you get the crap off brand on Amazon, trying to be all sneaky about it, the toners, every time you order them per printer is three or $400. Yeah. The toners are as much as the printer oh, at this right. point. Right? And that's you just keep buying a new is, one each time. Because now the printers you've put on your roof, your solar panels, now, now uh, what you thought the, the deal you were getting, you're going to be paying in fees every month. This thing Very funny. true. So anyways, Elon Musk thought it was not funny. So he created this website where you can go in and, and literally send a message directly to Newsom and say, hey, bro. We wish you'd make it $9 a kilowatt instead of eight because we really want to pay into the system more. The um, California has um, uh, doesn't understand, I think, simple economics here, right? You squeeze people too much. You squeeze them right out of the state and they pop out. They pop out of the state as you squeeze them, right? You, know, you just squeeze them. They just keep popping out the bottom. Boop, boop. 
Now there's this funny thing though that happens in California, and that is the ones that pop out of the state. To, oddly enough, they must just be heavier because their pockets are full of gold or something. You know, it's the ones that make money and own businesses. And so the yeah. California just keeps squeezing. They just keep pop, popping out, popping out. And and everybody who's left is the sucker holding the bag, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and here we are. California needs more dough. And they're looking every which way. We covered this last week or the week prior, you know max tax bracket going up gross sales tax on 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 businesses in california a payroll tax for anyone making 50 grand or more in the state uh and now here we are with solar taxes mm-hmm. um you know we already pay the highest gas taxes uh, even though every road i'm on has a pothole i don't sound like i have an issue with anything right tana. no not at all see people will accuse me and tana of <laughs> you know being opinionated <laughs> But here's the website right here. So, you know, someone explained to me how this is a good thing, how this encourages people to take mm-hmm. advantage of renewable energy. Not at all. Yeah. It's a punishment. Uh, hey, we're going to don't worry. Remember, remember when the when the the Vivint guy showed up at your house? And said, oh, this is awesome. You're, they're going to pay you. You're getting money every month. And then that never happened. Oh, that's then, terrible. Oh, my gosh. Said, well, I'm trying to save my hundred dollars a month. That's cool. That's cool. We got you covered. They are such high pressure sales, too. Oh, my I gosh. Know. It's terrible. It's crazy. it's crazy. Oh, my gosh. We're already 21 minutes in and we haven't even talked about anything. Maybe we've <laughs> talked about too much. I don't know. <laughs> Either way, we should do like we should do this every day. I could do this every day. No, you know what? I give up. I'm not meeting with anybody anymore. No. I'm not working on anything useful. <laughs> I just want to do shows every day. No, we're too busy. I feel, but I feel better. Like after 20 minutes of this, I feel like a better person. It's like therapy session for you. Like, like, yeah, is that what it is? You're my therapist. Yes. yes. I just listen. <laughs> Therapists would be cheaper. The um. All right, all right, all right. One uh, one last thing to cover here before we uh go on with our day. I've gotten a lot of calls lately. I'm talking to a lot of people about real estate, and it's got to mm-hmm. pop. It's gonna pop. Um, which is true. You know, real estate's gone up a lot. There are a lot of factors associated with it, it has to do with kind of the locality of where you're at and where the demand mm-hmm. is. You know, if you're in San Francisco, that's totally different than being in Ventura County versus being in Texas, and all of these things. Um, interest rates have an impact on it. I was having a good laugh last week, you know, on the news, they were saying, oh, 30 year mortgage just hit a two year high of 3.7%. What are we going to do? Now, Tana is old enough to remember in the early eighties when her first house was probably at 15%. Never. (laughs) Maybe my parents. She's had a lot of work done. (laughs) She's actually 75 years old. Nobody knows that. It's incredible. Oh dear. The um but it's but it's it's amazing, right? When interest rates were falling and they hit 3.7%, you know, a handful of years ago, people said, Oh, this is the best deal in town. Holy crud. Did you see? I got a 3.7 on my house. <laughs> this is crazy. This is who's giving away money like this, right? And now that rates have gone back up to 3.7, they're like, dude, what, a, what are you nuts? <laughs> I wouldn't pay 3.7. Right. It's, it's crazy. It, it, it's just the phenomenon yeah. of psychology with this stuff is so amazing, right? But anyways, one of the things though, and I, and I really like this, this economic website because it plays to the numbers. So in order to have a normal housing market that deals with here, it's hard to see probably on here, but that deals with population growth, 
you need about one and a half million housing starts a year, right? The, we need to be mm -hmm. building houses to keep up with population, hurricanes, tornadoes, tornadoes. Uh, is that, they're not me. <laughs> I don't know. Tornadoes. Anyways. <laughs> The um, natural disasters, floods, blah, 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 right? Things, you know, just old houses need to get torn down, whatever. Mm -hmm. You need a million and a half housing starts. We haven't had a million and a half housing starts since 2006. So remember mm -hmm. what happened in 06, right? That's kind of right when the market peaked out and then it crater babied after that. And so ever since the 2008 crash, we've been averaging like 1.1, 1.2. We've been averaging well below. And in 2021, it was the first year that we finally got back up to the trend line of where we need to be. I thought that that was interesting. Yeah. But this subtly is a big reason for price evolution. <laughs> I, I, that was a made up word there. I apologize to everybody <laughs> that you're now all dumber <laughs> for hearing that. <laughs> but <laughs> oh, dear. I'm not sure that anyone else would do that. <laughs> Yeah, um, and 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 at at, at minute twenty five, there, there's a statistical likelihood that literally nobody will will, will ever see that. This is why at this time of the show we should be offering like a thousand dollar gift cards to anybody who's watching. Okay, cool. If you're still if you're still here, call us. You get a thousand dollar gift card. The um that at least might incentivize people to listen. The um oh that is awesome. Um, Anyways, uh, last year was the first year where we finally had a, a nice, healthy increase. And that's because building costs, even though they've gone up, real estate values have gone up a lot mm -hmm. and builders can sell and make a lot of money. And so they're back in business. But even to that point, because there has been such a low number with housing starts in the last number of years, to me, that actually does, in fact, keep housing prices up a lot more stable, even with interest rates increasing. Um, they might stable out, flat now, come down a little bit. But I, mm. I'm very suspect on the whole housing crisis. Um, if something separate happens outside of housing, we have a recession, an economic recession for other mm. reasons. Obviously, that'll bring housing prices down. But right now, the rental market is so strong. Rents right. are so expensive. Homes, you know, I, I, I don't see the housing market going anywhere. Like right. I said, it might might not keep going up like a missile, but either way, I was excited to see that we finally had some housing starts coming in because that will eventually help normalize the the mm. supply issues, but not in the near term. Whew. I feel like I <laughs> talked a lot today, Tana. You did, but it was all good. You know what I was thinking though, is we need to change things around. I say I can't figure out like I get go out, you go in. I don't know. Um, I can't I think that for a while we need to flip flop and start having you do like the intros and stuff. Okay. Because we'll that it. might get a lot more people to stay on the show <laughs> if they think that, you know, sounds good. It's going to be steered in a more normal manner. <laughs> Maybe people don't like normal. Maybe they like the, the fun. I don't know. <laughs> the weirdness. <laughs> Maybe. So anyways, hey, everybody, thanks for listening. Bye. I know this show has been just a couple minutes longer than normal, but we certainly appreciate all of our listeners. We appreciate the feedback yes. that we get. Um, certainly never hesitate to give us a call 805-500-7035. That's our main office number. You can visit our main website, the lindgroup.com. Lind is L-Y-N-D. But uh, yeah, let us know if you have questions, yes. get a book, get a, you know, request a free consultation, all that fun stuff. Anyways, everyone have a great week. Toodaloo. Thank you for listening to The Wealth Puzzle. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805 
800-500-7035 or visit them online at thelindgroup.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by the Lynn Group Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of California. Insurance products and services are offered through the Lynn Group LLC. The Lynn Group LLC and the Lynn Group Advisors LLC are not affiliated companies. Lynn Group LLC the Lynn Group Advisors LLC and Michael Mansfield are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.